Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this month, our theme is reboots and uh, redudes and remakes. And this episode, we are talking about the 2017 Wonder Woman. But first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming? I've actually got something for you this time. All right, let's hear it. Most of our listeners probably know that we uh, we took a little bit of a break, took a week off. Yeah, that was and, my um, fault. My bad. <laughs> I was, dude. It was a great break. I mean, I, I know you probably enjoyed it. You got to travel, see some family, and but I really enjoyed it as well because since I wasn't as pressed to prep for the next podcast, I actually got to sit back and actually stream some stuff and watch some stuff, and um, so I, you know, definitely don't be upset. I, I enjoyed the little break. Um, so I ended up watching. I actually watched a number of things. But I won't share them all because I need to spread them out since I don't have a lot of stuff to share usually <laughs> on this part of the show. But um, you know, I've been seeing the new you know screen trailer here in the last number of weeks, and I was like, you know what, I need to go back and watch you know the last two. I couldn't remember if I had watched Screen Four. Yeah. Um, so I went ahead and started that, and turns out I actually had not watched it. Somehow I, I missed Screen 4 somewhere along the way, and then went ahead and watched um, Screen 5, which I guess they also just call Screen. Um, so yeah, I watched those two, um, you know, to, to prep for the new screen coming. I believe that's what opens in March. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is kind of a weird time. That's I what I was like. thinking. I mean, normally, because uh, I would imagine most of the screens have released in the fall, you know, around you know halloween or whatnot but you know whatever i would think so but i'm not 100 percent sure so but i don't know but it's interesting i'm sure it's still do well but yeah i mean i really enjoyed four and five of course i mean you know they're never going to top the original in my opinion which i don't really expect them to but right uh, you know to be on the fourth and fifth installment I, I feel like it's still going strong and and i'd forgotten that screen four you know brought in some you know additional star power um so that was pretty cool with uh, yeah. Emma Roberts and then mm-hmm. the the Hayden can't pronounce her last name. I'll call her Pan P- Hayden Pan and <laughs> Pantier. There we go. And uh, and of course, Screen Five was my introduction to Jenna Ortega. Yeah, because you still um, haven't watched Wednesday yet. I have. I'll talk oh, about you that. Have. Oh, okay, re- okay. <laughs> oh, I've been watching some stuff, man. He, you give me a week off, man. I'm gonna start watching some stuff. But uh so yeah, hi- highly impressed with her. Um I think I even had told you, you know, maybe pretty prematurely, but I was just so taken back by her performance in screen five. I was like, this might be my favorite performance out of all the screen movies. I thought yeah. she was that good. So for that to be the first time me watching her, I was really blown away. She is outstanding yeah um, so yeah, she, really, she's a lot really of fun. impressed and yeah. Uh, so yeah i'm anxious to see scream six and um you know see what that i know it moves to new york and uh you know jenna ortega is obviously still in it and the girl that plays her sister so a few other characters from the previous ones come back yeah i'm excited to see that too man i mean i know that both of us are like huge fans of the scream franchise and anybody that's you know listened to like all of our episodes i feel like we've talked about it several times about how much of fans that we are and 
yeah so yeah it's I'm like sure, i'm like, sure we'll talk about it several more times it's like amanda larusso and then scream <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much pretty much it's pretty much the two things we talk about that and then i think now that other than that maybe taco bell and then now probably matilda at this point yeah. <laughs> we're uh, all over the place on this show boy yeah yeah we we become fanboys of things pretty easily um but yeah all this right. week yeah this week i am actually going to talk about this sh- uh show it's on netflix called uh the pez outlaw and it's about this guy who i think it was during the 80s and early 90s um when the pez like things started getting kind of you know like when the collecting stuff started getting really popular and this guy just randomly becomes a part of this like uh kind of like a what's it called kind of like a black market um pez dispenser like market and he like goes overseas and like orchestrates this whole thing and it's pretty crazy um but it's one of those you know, documentaries that I always love that Netflix always seems to put out. It's just like some weird story that somebody's got to tell. Um, but this one's not like a series. This one's only just like a short little hour and a half movie, but it was a lot of fun. And I always love those kind of things, like those little silly documentaries that are just somebody that's either like breaking some kind of small law or just like some kind of weird thing that's happened like in pop culture or et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that one, that one was pretty fun, um, and I think it just came out like last week or something okay. like that. So yeah, it's pretty. It was fun. So um, yeah, it's called The Pez Outlaw on Netflix. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And the dudes, the dude is, I mean the the, I mean it's it's full of like people around the Pez scene. So I mean like those just just if you can imagine what like kind of characters would be around like pez collecting in general (laughs) it's pretty great so just the people involved in it are interesting enough besides the storyline so super fun awesome yeah so jeff uh we watched wonder woman and even though neither one of us had seen this before i feel like you could probably find some pretty good tidbits covering wonder woman so um what kind of stuff can you tell me about wonder woman all right well obviously a lot of what I share and a lot of what will come out, I'm sure, of our discussion of the movie. And our podcast is not run short on this at all, but it's girl power. Right. Um, this movie obviously features Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, is it Gadot just, or Godot? I've heard it both, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> I didn't look it up. but I mean, Godot definitely sounds more sophisticated. I, I, um, I'm not. I'm not sure. But, um, I was gonna say Godot, but you can go I'll, Godot and I can go Godot, and we can just okay. call the whole thing off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it also had a female director, Patty Jenkins, and like a lot of films we've discussed, this movie was a long time in the making. Um, development first began like back in 1996. Warner Brothers announced the film in 2010. Patty Jenkins signed on to direct in 2015. And the film finally released in 2017. So as you can imagine, with a movie like Wonder Woman and looking for a strong female lead, the list of names attached to this project was immense. Um, And some weird ones 
in the mix um, on on two different extremes. So you got Sandra Bullock makes sense, Catherine Zeta Jones, Lucy Lawless, Mariah Carey. Wow, I'm not sure where that. These came were all from. like probably in the '90s, right? Like earlier on, it had to be with with the names that that are being I mean, said. Especially with Mariah Carey, I, I can't imagine that that had to be an, an old consideration. And mm-hmm. obviously, back when the movie wasn't being taken very seriously, because yeah. Anyway, but uh, I mean, also Kate Beckinsale, uh, Mishka Barton, Rachel Bilson, Sarah Michelle Geller. Angelina, <laughs> oh, my, yeah, I'm all over the place with these names. I don't know um, how you don't how you don't know her. She's a um. Well, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I'm very familiar with her. Just obviously don't know how to say her name right. Um, Angelina Jolie, Jessica Biel, uh, Eva Eva or Eva Green, Eva, Eva. Okay, Christina Hendricks, Kristen Stewart. I'm so glad they didn't go that route. Um, <laughs> Same. And 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 I and I like her, just not for that. Not, is such a weird Wonder Woman. Not for that role. But no. uh a couple other people I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce their name. I'm not that familiar with them anyway. But anyway, so obviously um they end up casting uh Gal Gadot, Gadot, whichever your <laughs> preference is. Uh, and at the time of this film, it was actually the first female dominant superhero film. Uh, in 12 years since Electra in 2005, which, which everybody remembers <laughs> that Jennifer Gardner, yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, love Jennifer Gardner, but I I wasn't a big fan of that film, but I don't even think I saw it. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember anything about it, but yeah, if you wouldn't have mentioned it right now, I probably would have never thought about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so obviously, this was the first very successful <laughs> female dominant superhero film in a uh, uh, very long time. But yeah. it was also the first female directed live action film to have a hundred million dollar plus budget. Nice. So they they really gave uh, Patty some some support, um, and and even with her. She was originally tied to the film back in 2005, but she had an unexpected pregnancy. She had to step down. You know, she claimed that this is the film she'd always wanted to do her whole life. And she was felt very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to come back to it. Um, but up to this point, she only directed one low budget drama film, drama film uh, in her career 14 years before with no, oh, wow. no experience handling a big budget action movie so man where they're putting a lot of faith in her uh especially with all the hype built up for for this movie but it did really well grossed over 802 million worldwide um highest grossing film by a solo female director until it was overtaking by the ever infamous film called high mom yeah which was foreign film overseas so i'd never heard of it but yeah, I've never heard of that either. It did really well in China or wherever. <laughs> but uh, so we talked about Gal Gadot quite a bit. Uh, and you, you'll probably remember, too, there are a lot. And you, you know how comic book fans get, man, they, they, they get bent out of shape mm-hmm. on, on, on who you cast and, and who you pick. And she was not a popular choice. Um, and when he originally, well, 
course, he first cast her in the role of Wonder Woman for the 2016 film Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yeah, um, and she was actually previously offered a different role as a villain in Man of Steel, but she ended up declining it because she was pregnant at the time. So that actually allowed her to be cast as Wonder Woman in the follow-up film. Oh wow! So. Had she had taken that role, then obviously she would not have been available to take, you know, the role of Wonder Woman. So that worked out well for her. Now, this next part to me, it really bothered me when I read this. So Godot signed a three picture deal and was paid $300,000 for the first three films, which was Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, which we're discussing now, and then the Justice League movie. Wow. Um, I know she was unproven at the time. But how is that your base pay for a big budget movie like that for a three? I was shocked by that. Now, I know a lot of times they've got a lot of stuff built in on the backside based on how well the movie does. Um, Yeah, but the way they do those books, like nine times out of ten, they wind up pretending like it doesn't make money so that they don't wind up paying out those people. Um, unless you have like a really good agent that like puts it in like certain words in. I hope she changed her agent after those three films because that is, I mean, she didn't make a million bucks. Um, right. As far as what she signed on for, like I said, hopefully she got a lot of extra now for the sequel, Wonder Woman 1984. She made 10 million and for Red Notice, ironically, she made 20 million. So she's, you know, she's making up for it. But I, I was shocked when I saw, you know, because we hear a lot about. Maybe it's like, you know, like how athletes sign like their rookie contracts. And then, <laughs> and then when they and then yeah. once they do like really well, their first like couple of yeah. years. And like I said, I, I can see them being cautious, you know, because yeah. obviously they already had a it was going to be in a very expensive film. And you've got an unproven actress. So, I mean, I could. Obviously, you're not going to pay her 10, 20 million right off the bat, but 300,000, I'm like, you would have thought at least 5 million, 3 million or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, obviously, she's proven herself. Um, she's, you know, she did well and she's starting to make, you know, make her money now. But, you know, that's, you know, you hear a lot about pay quality <laughs> with men and women. And to me, that didn't help the matter because that, to me, that looks really bad. Yeah. Uh, you could easily argue that if that were a man and he was in an unproven situation, he'd have got more than 300 K for, you know, the first three films, but right. Yes. That's nuts. Yeah. So she is an Israeli actress, singer, martial artist, and model. Um, She was, you know, originally born in Israel. Um, Her parents were a teacher as well as her, her dad was an engineer um, she served in the IDF for two years and also won the Miss Israeli or Israel title in 2004. Oh, cool. Um, her film debut was actually in the fourth film of the Fast and Furious franchise as G- Gazelle, Giselle. Um, but obviously her first breakthrough uh, would have been the when, when she played wonder woman and batman versus superman yeah and of course this wonder woman where she was the lead and interesting thing she actually got this part shortly after she decided to give up on acting um of course. She, had, she had a lot of unsuccessful 
attempts at landing roles. And of course, with her, you know, still residing in Israel, you know, 15 hour plane rides back and forth between, you know, the U.S. and Israel. And she, you know, she's pretty much just said, you know, I'm done and I'm pursuing other stuff. But she was invited for a screen test and she was not even told what the film was about. So she agreed as a kind of a final fling before she quit. And the screen test consisted largely of reading relatively anonymous dialogue dialogue and she left afterwards to return to Israel, but she got a call back and then she was told that she was shortlisted to play Wonder Woman oh, nice. and the rest is history. So that worked out rather well for her. And I wonder if she's still living in Israel. That's a good question because obviously she's been much busier yeah. <laughs> and right. a lot of stuff, but I, I would imagine she probably still has a home there. Yeah. Um, but you you know, she's probably, you know, spent a lot of time in the US, you would think by now. Yeah, um, I imagine. So, you know, culture these days can't really agree on how to handle girl power. And the director took a lot of flack for casting such a beautiful woman for the role of Wonder Woman. Uh if anybody's not familiar with Gal Gadot, Godot, everyone say it. She is <laughs> Just she's just a beautiful woman. Um and this is the first time I've seen her in a movie, but of course, you know, with all the hype that Wonder Woman received, uh, I was, you know, I'd read up a lot on her. I've seen a lot of interviews with her, and she is just so down to earth. I mean, I I've I've been a huge fan of hers without even watching her in a movie yet prior to watching Wonder Woman, just seeing her interviews and just she's just a lot different than. I guess your typical, like, which I know at the time she was an A-list star, but um, she's just different, and I, I've really liked that about her. Um, but yeah, the director, Patty Jenkins, took a lot of flack for, you know, I guess it was pure sexist, having such a beautiful woman um, serving, you know, in that kind of role. And she kind of kind of shot back and said, you know, should make no difference what she looks like. You know, being strong is not a privilege of a hard, tough, and troubled woman. So she right. has the right to be beautiful, attractive, and powerful at the same time. And I thought that was an excellent point because we forget it works both ways because extremely like beautiful or physically attractive women tend to get stuck in a box as well. Right. And that's not fair either. But oh, you know, well, if you're that pretty, you know, you're just you're just a model or you're not intelligent or this and that. So why not cast them in something like this? Say, you know what? You can be, you know, extremely attractive. You can be strong, independent, intelligent. You know, you, you could be the full package and that's perfectly fine. So I really like the way she kind of shot back at that. Right. Did you, and, uh, did you happen to catch, uh, did you happen to catch who played her mom? I don't say that. I mean. Um, no, I mean, I looked her up, but it was Robin Wright. Do you, do you recognize her? Robin Wright. I know the name. She played Jenny Forrest Gump. No way. How did I not? And before that, she was a uh, princess, uh, buttercup in princess bread. I'll be dog. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. 
Gen yeah. A. Yeah, Gen A. <laughs> um, and believe it or not, there was other actors and stuff, as Parker just mentioned in this field. Uh, the other big um, main person was Chris Pine. Um, been in a ton of stuff. I've you know I've liked a lot of the stuff he's in. You know he's been in the Star Trek movies, Jack Ryan, Unstoppable. Probably everybody's favorite Chris Pine movie, Princess Diaries two. <laughs> um, so love the chemistry they had. And um, a couple of things I'll kind of mention as you're doing your recap. Yeah, it kind of falls more in line with um, just a little, not a lot, just a couple of interesting little tidbits, but. Um, however, I do got one thing for you. Okay. Before you jump in, I would like to kind of hear, because this is the first superhero movie that we've covered um, in our, gosh, what, what is this, like four or five months now? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, so so what is, what what are your first memories of your introduction to like the world of like superhero movies? Um, and like, what do you remember? And, and like, which movies, you know, were at, at the time? Obviously, we're got a few years between us, so I, th- I feel like we got a different experience with, with um, so how, how we entered this world. Well, I guess if you're going to talk like just comic book in general, um, probably my first one would definitely be the Ninja Turtles, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, a lot of people don't realize that they're, you know comic book origins but they actually uh they were probably my first and then of course batman because i was a child when the whole batman returns you know the tim burton batmans were out uh and then when the joel schumacher i was old enough when those came out that batman forever oh man that was like one of my favorite movies for years um because i was just a big jim carrey fan and tommy lee jones was in there as two Face, so loved it uh so that was probably like my introduction you know i was a kid in the 90s so i I didn't really get into like any i guess of the classic i guess probably after that would be like the the spider-man movies the sam raimi ones and then the x-men movies you know i was a big fan of those and then of course once like the marvel universe started taking off uh that was you know then and there, uh, how now we're here. But as far as like the DC universe, you know, not a huge fan of like the Supermans. Um, I've caught a few of them here and there. Uh, in fact, I'm just kind of like, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit. Like, I've, I don't know, it's just been so oversaturated the past like five years that I really don't know if I've watched very, many of like the ones that have been out recently uh but you know i try i try to keep up with them but so so much it's just overwhelming it sometimes um but yeah i i would say that i'm like a fan of them but not like a huge fan like this was the first time i actually watched you know this wonder woman um which actually yeah well we'll get into later but yeah, what about you, man? What's what's like your history? Did you were you a big fan of like superheroes and comic books or comic book like related, you know, characters whenever you were growing up? 
So I didn't, I wasn't like real big into comic books. I mean, I remember having one or two here and there. I just, it's not a big reader. Um, still not to this day, but. Oh, I did forget. I was a big, I was a big fan of the Spawn. I did, I did love Spawn and the Spawn oh, movie. Okay. Yeah. Can't forget Spawn, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you know, you're good. So I guess for me, you know, growing up in the 80s, uh, especially being a young kid, like in the early 80s, I mean, it, it, it was Superman. And which, you know, obviously a big thing is, if I recall, I don't remember there being any other superhero movies during the 80s outside of Superman. Um, you know, Batman didn't really kick off, you know, I think until the 90s. Um, Maybe late. I think late 80s, but. Yeah, pretty yeah. much for all intents and purposes. Although Howard the Duck was in the eighties, so if you want to count okay. Howard the Duck, I was a fan of Howard the Duck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just, and and Superman was one of those things where I mean, that's that's what everybody loved um, at that time. Yeah, and the movie was kind of ahead of its time um, in, in some ways. And, and like I said, it's just times were a lot different back then. I mean, nowadays. I mean, we have dozens of superhero movies every single year. And back then, that just wasn't the case. The technology wasn't there yet uh, to really pull it off very well. Um, but man, the original Superman, and then, of course, I, I, I just thoroughly love Superman 2, uh, which most people, you know, will, you know, they love the first one better. But I just love the villains um, in Superman 2. So, yeah, I was... That was kind of my first memories was the first two Superman movies. They probably should have stopped there because <laughs> it got pretty bad after the second one. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's just that's, that's what all the kids were emulating. Um, and, you know, Christopher Reeves was just excellent uh, as obviously a Superman. Uh, why is his name escaping me? Who, who Christopher Reeves? Is it yeah, Christopher he, Reeves. Yeah, he played Superman. I'm, who, why did the guys escape me who played Lex Luthor? Ooh. He was excellent too. I, um, oh, um, oh, I should know this. He's is it Gene? Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene, Wild, Gene Hackman. Yes. Yeah. Gene um, Wilder. That would be. Yeah, why I say Gene Wilder? Movie? That would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be more of a, a parody, of course. But uh, but yeah, that was definitely me. Definitely early in my childhood. Then obviously when I got a little bit older, uh, as you mentioned, like the Batman started to come along. Really enjoy those. I loved Michael Keaton, you know, the, the first, you know, the, the earlier Batmans. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, I've, I've never, I'm probably like you, I've never been like a superhero junkie, like, you know, a lot of guys are nowadays. Uh, and especially here in the last five, 10 years where it's just been too many to keep up with. So I, I just gave up um and just try to watch here you know one here and there kind of like we're doing now with wonder woman but uh but yeah that's kind of i kind of figure our, our history would be a little bit different just with the age difference there not actually like i feel like you know for the most part we were you know pretty uh pretty similar except i just i'm just not a huge superman fan i don't know there's just something about him that like, I don't know. It's just like he's not interesting to me. <laughs> I don't know. He's just too too perfect, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I always like a little bit of a like ones that have you know like more of a human side to them, I guess. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, at my age, then 
Superman was your only choice. Yeah. I mean, if 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 all you were doing was watching the movies. So it ain't like nowadays where kids have, have tons to choose from. I mean, Superman was the only <laughs> film uh that was being done for any kind of superhero, uh, as far as like one of the major ones. Yeah. Uh, again, not to disrespect Howard the Duck, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, everybody had Superman underoos back in those days. So pretty much Superman or Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, of course Star Wars. All right. Well, um, I think it's about time to hop into the recap for everybody that's new. This is where I pretty much recap the movie from memory, and at the end, uh, our boy Jeff here grades me like I'm pretty much giving a an oral um recap like i was in class and he's gonna grade me from a to f on how well i cover everything but you know sometimes i get a break because we're also going off of what jeff remembers so (laughs) um so you know um let's start out here we got uh, a little bit of open narration from miss gal gadot playing Wonder Woman, a.k.a. Diane. She um, is getting a delivery from Wayne Enterprises. It, you know, this is taking place in current day. And she is, uh, it's a picture. And she, you know, it's a pretty old picture. We see her with, you know, I think four different men. And she kind of starts to go back in time. We see her as a little girl. She is on an island with uh, of these Amazonian women with her mom, who is the queen, and her aunt, who is uh, basically the general of their army. And she, little Diane, wants to become a warrior. She wants to train, but her mom's against it. Uh, basically, she starts training behind her mom's back. And so a mom... quick little, quick and interesting little tidbit. Um Gal Gadot and the girl that plays young Diana, uh, Emily uh-huh. Carey, they share the same birthday. Ooh, that's April, cool. April 30th. So if anybody wants to send presents to Gal Gadot or <laughs> Emily, send them to Parker Thompson at... <laughs> <laughs> um, so she starts training behind her mom's back. Her mom finds out. And uh, actually, before she starts training behind her mom's back, uh, her mom explains to her why, you know, she wore as bad and they should avoid it. Um, she tells the story of how Ares um, pretty much pulls a DeFeo and kills all of his uh, God family and uh, because he doesn't like humans and wants to, you know, have them eliminate themselves in a war. And before Zeus dies, he pretty much creates a um a, another i guess weapon to defeat Ares should Ares ever attack again and then we go back to Diane training behind her mom's back she finds out and you know pretty much tells the aunt like you better train her better than any other person you've ever trained before she better be better than you etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know Diane does so she becomes this pretty badass warrior and then one day she's out you know looking over the ocean um basically oh yeah they're on this island that's 
that Zeus built for them to like protect them and um, hide them from the rest of the earth. And one day, so, so I got a little question for you. Yeah. Any guesses on where that was filmed at? Um, my guess would be probably like Hawaii. Southern Italy. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. Oh yeah. I'd love to go after seeing that movie. <laughs> right. That was gorgeous. Um, so she's out looking over the ocean and she sees a plane basically just appear out of the sky and crash into the ocean. So she swims out to save this soldier. We find out his name is Steve. Um, he's being chased by some German, a German, like some German soldiers. They find the island and start to attack it. The Amazon women uh, come and start to fight back and they kill all of the German soldiers. Uh, we lose some Amazonian women, including uh, including the general, who is Diane's aunt. And um, they basically vow to, you know, they find out from... Uh, Steve, who is a spy for the British intelligence, that he had stolen a notebook from the German, I think it was a German general, and his scientist, who they called Dr. Poison. And he has stolen the notebook and uh, crashed on his way to return it. And um, so they decide to go back to uh to i think was it london i think and you know to give the turn the notebook over uh diane goes with him they sail out and make it there they turn over the notebook and you know diane can read it because she's pretty much knows all these languages and they find out that um they're going to be doing this and i forget exactly where it is so they decide to go and um fight on i think it's basically like where the front line is and before they do so they go and they round up this little ragtag team of uh you know really good i guess soldiers and i guess that's what you call them are like missionaries and uh that steve knows and we get to the front lines where we see Diane, you know, kick some ass. She's basically taking all the fire and they go in and take over the, you know, German, uh, the German, I guess what you call that, like where they had been held over. And then, okay. All right. After that, where are we at? They get back there and they take that over and oh my gosh. I'm having a moment. <laughs> oh, and then they and then they find out that um then she decides that Aries is uh is the general so she is going to go and kill him uh they they get there and she does kill him and she finds out that you know that he is not 
and there's still war going on. And then that's when she finds out that um, this British guy, I forgot, <laughs> Sir, I forgot his name, but she basically finds out that he's Aries and they start to fight. She, um, she finds out that she's actually a god and that she's actually the weapon that uh, they call the god killer because only a god can kill another god. So, um, so she finally defeats him. Oh, before she defeats him, uh, Steve, who Diane and uh, Diane has fallen in love with by this point, he takes a plane and sacrifices himself to get rid of this bomb that has been set on a timer. And that gives her the strength to kill Ares and basically save the day. The end. Ta-da! That one was that one was tough. But this movie was two hours and 20 minutes. So there was a lot to cover. Um, but yeah. What's what do you what's my grade, man? Give it to me. Give it to me straight, Doc. All right. Well, you're at a little bit of an advantage because it's been over a week since I've watched this one. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you could have missed a lot, and I probably wouldn't have picked up on it very well. But I definitely uh, so, missed some uh, stuff. Uh I'll give you a B plus. Okay. Um, I would have I would have considered an A, but there was one particular scene I was hoping you would mention. Um not that I really expected you to, because it wasn't a huge part of the plot. I just thought it was really funny. Uh, but the, when uh, Diana and what's Chris Pine's character? Steve. Steve. Okay. Um, when they first leave her island, uh, you know, on boat, and they're kind of laying there having that discussion about the pleasures of the flesh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that whole sequence was completely improvised. It was not scripted. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome! That's hilarious. Yeah, so it, that was uh, I thought that that was probably one of my favorite scenes as far as uh, comedy, anyway. But that's good. And and actually, one thing that's interesting is uh, no one addresses Diana as Wonder Woman throughout the entire film, right? Um, even though it's called Wonder Woman, but she's never addressed as that. That might come in the sequel, so. Yeah, I would I actually really want to see that. Um, so, Jeff, what, uh, before we, I guess we should give in our uh, our rankings. What should we rank this out of? Is it is it your turn, I think? Uh, it... Actually, I, I think I did the last one. Okay. Um, we'll give this out of five lassos of truth. Ooh. How many, how many, how many, um. How many last was the truth, and what did what did you think about it, and why? All right, I'm gonna go straight into my score, and then kind of go out from there. Yeah. I'm gonna give this one. Uh, you said it was called Lassos of Truth. Yeah, I'm gonna give it four Lassos of Truth out of five. Okay, I thought this movie was excellent. Um, I went into it with pretty high expectations just because I just remember how much hype there was when this movie came out. I remember it being received really well. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I was already a huge fan of Gal Gadot, even though, uh, I, I mean, I vaguely remember her a little bit in Fast and Furious, but uh, essentially she she was new to me. But just because there was so much hype around this movie, and of course she's 
got really popular here in the last five years. I've just read a lot of stuff about her. I've seen a lot of interviews and I've just become a really big fan of hers. And I just thought she did such an amazing job because especially with the pressure I'm sure that was on her to handle a film like this and it being, I guess, such a torch for girl power, you know, a female director, big budget, you know, they were taking a huge chance with her, although they could have paid her a lot more, like we mentioned earlier, but, um, and just, just all the different intricacies that she brought to the character, as far as the compassion, uh, the strength, the, I mean, just, I thought she just brought so much to it, just but such a, a kindness to it uh, that, that I thought was a good mixture. Yeah. Um, I, I love the story behind it. You know, I, I love the whole World War II type era, but then also kind of tracing back to the roots of, you know, Zeus and the Greek gods and stuff. Uh, I thought the chemistry between um, her and Chris Pine was excellent. Um, you know, for those that want a little bit of a love story in there, you know, it's got that. Uh, I was a little disappointed in, which luckily they didn't spend a lot of time with it. But I almost thought it kind of cheapened woman woman a little bit, but she kind of fell, I guess, for, for Steve a little bit, and they kind of had the kissing scene. Um now of course you can't tell if they were trying to allude that maybe they spent the night together yeah. or uh but I, I I was a little disappointed in that just because I'm like, really? I mean, you know, she's never seen a man before and you're just gonna Make yeah. her, you kind of fall for the guy right off the bat but anyway otherwise I, I i just the yeah the cinematography uh just visually it was very stunning uh the acting uh there's i don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie so it, it was everything i was hoping it was going to be maybe even a little bit more um would love to see uh, the sequel which i think is just one room in 1984 um Heck, just because of her, I, I kind of want to go back and see some of the other stuff, like Batman versus Superman, which I guess is where she was initially kind of introduced. But yeah. but yeah, great, great, great movie. And like I said, and I, I don't do a lot of superhero movies, and but this is definitely one of the ones that I really, really enjoyed, and was glad that that we chose to go with this one as one of the suggestions from our our listeners. So, what about you? I'm anxious to hear your thoughts and your rating. Um, okay, so I will hop into my rating right off of the bat as well. I'm going to give this 3.5. Uh, Last of Truth. Uh, I, I'm pretty going to, I'm going to echo a lot of the things that you said. Uh, I, I loved the story. Um, it was great. You know, some of it was predictable, but I feel like most superhero movies are at this point. Like, I've never really been too shocked at anything that's ever happened in any of them um which is probably one of the reasons i don't really you know care for them too much because you know the storylines are usually pretty you know pretty common you know like there, there's nothing it pretty much follows the same formula um but you know i did really enjoy it and i really enjoyed the i really enjoyed you know her acting, like you said, and all of the acting in this, I honestly was pretty great. Um, I laughed at moments. Um, I, you know, I, I got emotional. So, uh, this was a good, 
a good watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. The only reason I take off a little bit more was um, I felt like it was it was a little dark for me, and I know it takes place like in. Actually, I'm going to correct you. You said World War II. It actually takes place in World War One, which mm. it, it gets it gets a little confusing because basically the same parties uh, I, are kind of involved in both of them. But I, I know why why I got that confused. I I think the original story was World War Two. Yeah. But the director chose, she thought the time period of World War One would fit better. So she yeah. decided to go with the first one instead of the second one. So that's why I got those confused there. But thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, it it I mean, I don't think it matters too much, but they do call it like the world, the war to end all world. Ugh. The war to end all war, wars. So um that one, yeah. Um plus that one was like the one where like mustard gas was used it i don't know anyways i'm kind of a, a nerd about some of that stuff but um yeah uh i i i did i didn't like the like you said i really didn't like the fact that she just kind of like fell for the first guy that literally the first guy she saw you know um but you know i, I felt like it could have been a little bit more like unspoken you know, and it had the same effect. So, um, I did, I did enjoy it though. So three point five is what I'm gonna go with. Um, yeah, what? Um, yeah, yeah, I did, I did enjoy it. Um, I did, I loved it. And yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see 1984. Um, I probably will watch that. Uh, pretty soon, actually. Um, hopefully. Yeah, so, I, just, I got really close to watching it last night, but I, I went with something else. But uh, but yeah, I would really like to watch that one. Um, so what about a dude or dud? You got a dude or dud? I do have a dude. Um, I'm actually going to um give it to. I can't remember the um the character's name, but. It was one of the the members that um the sniper guy, can't think of his name, but that actor, he I don't know, he had a really interesting storyline for such a small, smaller character. And the actor did a really good job. And I just really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give it to him. What about All you? Right. Well, I'm gonna continue my trend of just going with like obvious stuff. <laughs> um because we only get one of these. Uh, I was like, I don't want to leave like the really good stuff out, but my dude of the week is Gal Gadot. Um, I, I alluded to it earlier, how I imagine she had an immense pressure on her, yeah. you know, for this role. I mean, this is her first time tackling anything like this. And there was so much buildup and hype and a lot of controversy of, uh, over her being casted. And, so I, I just love what she brought to this character. She she knocked it out of the park. Um, I mean, she's what has helped, you know, kind of launch Wonder Woman back. Uh, obviously, that has a trickle down effect of helping the other DC stuff. So, and she's a big reason for that. So she should be really really proud. Um, so gotta give her due to the week for this one. She just I thought I thought did an amazing job. Awesome, man. Yeah, she she really did. Um, and actually, you know, I actually do remember her from uh from 
uh, Fast and the Furious Four. So it was, I mean, it was kind of interesting. Like I, like I said, I, I, I knew that she was in this, so it wasn't really like a shock, I guess. But it was, I thought it was really cool, you know, remembering her from Fast and the Furious Four, and then all of a sudden she just becomes this famous actress like overnight. Yeah, it, it happened quick. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Um, and yeah, good for her. She deserves it because she is great. Um, and I'm really surprised that you know she didn't get bigger before this. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, before we get into what we're watching next week, do you want to give me whatever weird thing you're going to ask me this week? All right. Yeah. So. Uh... I want to know, Parker, what are some things you shouldn't say to a cop who pulls you over for speeding? Um, well, I actually have a good story behind this one because there is something that I've said to a police officer that I thought I was being funny and he thought I was being a smart ass. So I'm I definitely s- got a ticket. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this because I've got a story to back mine up too. Um, because I definitely got pulled over and I got, he told me that I was going, um, you know, s- six miles over the speed limit. And, you know, he, he was stopped and, and you know, and he, you know, had to catch up to me. And I was like, well, you had to have been going well over that to catch up to me. So I don't. <laughs> and he didn't think that was very funny. I was a dumb teenager. I was probably about 17 or 18 at the time. And um, I was on my way to uh, my girlfriends at the time. And so I was ir- I was already irritated because I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be over there right now. And you're just making me late. <laughs> and I'm only going six miles over the speed limit. And so I thought it was, he was being dumb. So, yeah, um, yeah I got there, but I still got a ticket. I had to go to court <laughs> and then I had to go to driving school. So I learned to definitely not say that to a cop. Wow. For going six over, that's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. It was a state trooper. And this was in Tennessee, I presume. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was in Tennessee, wow. a Tennessee state trooper. Wow. All right, so <laughs> what about so, your story? I want to hear yours. All right, mine's a little bit different because it's not a story about me. But one of the things you shouldn't say to a cop who pulls you over for speeding is you actually better be glad I stopped for you. <laughs> because my dad told me not to stop in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so my my wonderful sister <laughs> this is like you know in her early days of driving so probably 16 17 or whatnot and my dad did have a conversation with her you know especially being a young girl um if a unmarked vehicle or someone that is not marked as a police car or they're not identifying themselves as you know you know the whole bit the whole spill if mm-hmm. you don't stop for that yeah. Um, so of course she took that and just ran with it, and it was a marked police car. I mean, it was the whole. And then the guy actually knew my dad really well, which made it even funnier. And um, but yeah, my sister's like, "Yeah, you're actually very glad I stopped because my dad told me not to." <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work so, out for her? Uh, I'm pretty sure she only got a warning. So so yeah, she lucked uh, out there. Of course, but, of course, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, all, yeah, all the stuff about equality, man. Women get out of tickets, I think, a lot easier than the guys do. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, easy come, easy go, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I got to put up with a lot of other crap, so you know. Right. I guess I, I guess it won't hurt us to give, give you know for us to give them that. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that one, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so next month uh, is February, and we are going to talk about time travel. Well, I guess movies dealing with, I guess, time manipulation. Yeah, we'll do a time manipulation. Um, so. Yeah, uh, so first week we're going to talk about, uh, I guess will be my pick, and I'm going to pick the movie Idiocracy, which is on Prime Video. I don't know if you've ever seen this, Jeff, but it's going to be, a, it's, it's kind of scary. Uh, this movie was made in like 2006, and it's about this guy who, he's kind of like a, your average guy, I guess, and he takes place in this study and then he winds up waking up. Um, I forget how far in the future exactly. Cause it's been a little while since I watched the movie, but he wakes up in the future and he's like the smartest man <laughs> alive <laughs> because everybody's just gotten so dumb. Um, nice. So I think, I think you might enjoy this one. Um, so yeah, we're going to watch idiocracy next week. Please join us for that. Jeff, you got anything else before we get out of here tonight? Nope. Th- thanks for you guys for uh, taking a break with us. Uh, nice little break for us to enjoy. And um, yeah, I'm anxious to uh, jump back into to some more movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have a, you know, full month packed. Um, so yeah. Um, and yeah, sorry about taking off the week. We were actually going to record last week and I was going to be out of town and I for some reason thought that I would be able to record and watch a two and a half hour movie in the short amount of time that I was um, that I had and that absolutely did not work so that is absolutely my fault but thank you guys so much for listening Um, thank you Jeff for you know doing this with me every week and for you know putting up with my shenanigans and um, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by you know, liking us and subscribing, giving us five stars on um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, please remember, you can tell a friend that really does help these dudes out. Um, you can also go to our Patreon um, and links to that and our socials are down in the show notes below. Um, thanks again. And remember... When the lasso of truth is around you and it starts to burn, your pants might catch on fire. Peace out!